Time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Lots of big news this week for the Rangers and the NHL. Of course, we have the Fox Mega Extension and the Chicago Blackhawks investigation. And here to break it down with me is once again Stat Boy Steven. Thanks so much for coming on once again. How are you? Hey, man. I'm doing good. How about you? Doing great. I mean, it's kind of a shame for, for me, probably for you as well, just to be a fan of the NHL this week, just seeing like how they handle that whole thing. Uh, I encourage everyone to, if you don't know what happened, like go read the report about, uh, about the Chicago Blackhawks from 2010 and the, the cup finals or during their, their cup run. Um, one of their black aces, the guys that they keep on, on the bench, like for reserve Kyle beach, he, uh, was sexually assaulted by the video coach. Pretty much everyone knows this by now, but, uh, this, I guess there's, maybe there's some people out there that don't. Go read the report and, you know, figure out all the details that happened. I encourage you to do that yourself. But it's just I can't believe, you know, something like this happens and an organization purposefully, willingly decides to cover it up for 10 years. Like, that's just inexcusable to me. And then and then I don't even know, like, what's worse is that, like, the the league gives them a slap on the wrist. That's it. Just a slap on the wrist, a, a two million dollar fine uh for for the organization not they penalize the devils more than for kovalchuk's thing his contract yeah, yeah. More, more for that than they did uh the blackhawks for covering up a sexual assault and i don't uh, understand look there there yeah, yeah. Can, can i chime in because i have go ahead yeah go ahead to say um look this happened 11 years ago and the only reason it came out is because Kyle beach came forward as he was listed as John Doe in the court records. This, uh, this was, uh, I think last year, December, he filed a claim against the Blackhawks and they reached out to the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks said they completed their own investigation and they didn't, they weren't interested in a settlement. And then two weeks ago, the whole thing comes out with Kyle beach and it's just, it's one, it's, it's a shit show. You know, it's, it's a never ending list of embarrassing stuff that's happening here. The video coach left the Blackhawks in 2010. Then he went on to coach at a high school where he then abused a 16 year old, was arrested, trialed, went to prison for, I think, nine months and is a registered sex offender for the rest of his life. The Blackhawks could have prevented that from happening. That's what pisses me off the most. I'm really, I'm really sad it's really sad what happened to Kyle Beach but for it to then happen to a 16 year old a couple of years later when it could have been prevented that's even worse Quenville was quoted quoted as saying back in 2010 that they didn't want to deal with it now because they were they were trying to win a cup even even in even if I try to understand that after they won a cup a month later they could have addressed it and they didn't they swept it under the rug and then it's one one escalation to another. Um, Stan Bowman was given the option to resign, which I think is ridiculous. If you if you think Stan Bowman and Joe Quenville are guilty, you fire them and you suspend them for life. This is not what the NHL needs. But the NHL hasn't handled this well. Um, 
a reporter asked Gary Bettman if they're going to offer support for the 16, the then 16 year old that was abused. And Gary Bettman said, I'd need more, I would need more information. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you need more information? The guy went to prison. The guy's a registered sex offender. There's, there's no more information than you need. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, Rick Westhead, who deserves a lot of praise for bringing this story to light and interviewing Cal Beach. And that interview is, is gut-wrenching. It's, it's difficult to sit through. I pointed out to Gary Bettman, while the Blackhawks were fined $2 million for abuse cover-up, the Arizona Coyotes lost draft picks for improperly interviewing a prospect. They broke combined protocol by interviewing prospects before they were allowed to. And this was just a normal interview. You know, there was no sexual abuse involved. They didn't ask him to take off his pants or anything. The Devils were fined $3 million for cap, for cap violation with the, with the Kovalchuk incident. What, you're, what Bedman is saying here is different context, different facts. But the message he's sending is that the NHL cares more about combine regulation and cap circumvention than they do about covering up sexual abuse. And look, it, it, just, it just doesn't end. That there was, uh, when he had the media availability, they, they brought up the Akim Aliou situation. And a pe- I don't know if people remember this, but there was a situation where Akim Aliou reported being racially abused by his coach, Bill Peters. I think it's Bill Peters. When it yeah, was with, it's Bill, uh, with, he coached the Flames, I believe. Yeah, but I think this was with the AHL affiliate of the Blackhawks, the Rockford Icehawks. Um, yeah. And uh, Bill Daly, uh, who's basically Gary Bettman's right-hand man, said, uh, we concluded that investigation and, uh, and it's done. And the, the agent of Akim Ali responded by saying, that's news to me. We haven't heard anything in, in over a year. And the people that we put forward as witnesses have not been contacted by the NHL either. And it just, it's, it's frustrating to see a league handle this so poorly because it, 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 it could have been so easy, you know, and I know this is never going to happen, but the Blackhawks should have been fined $50 million. They should have lost first round picks for five years and they should have been give, given a cap penalty for 10 for maybe I, I was, 10, something I was like gonna, that. I was going to say like, they should, they should like penalize their cap, like make their cap lower and give the money to everybody else. Yeah, yeah, do something. Give it to everybody. Like you, okay, so you you held on to something, you covered something up for 10, 11 years. You could get it, you could deal with the consequences for another 10 to 11 years. Exactly. Like that, you, it was just a slap on the wrist. And what what bothers me the most of the whole thing, the Blackhawks, they didn't, they didn't just fire Aldrich. They gave him a choice. Look, you could either just leave and we won't, we won't press charges or we're, we're going to fire you or whatever. And he, yeah. he looked, he left. They but gave him a choice. How do you, th- how do you see that and know that he's doing that? He did the thing he did to beach and not like, you know, bring this to the authorities, like to the, to the police, exactly. or, or to the right people. And you gave him, a, it's very irresponsible of them. And okay. So, and then they gave the recommendation to the, uh, the high school coach, uh, the high school team, or wherever he went to next. They gave him a recommendation that he was good. And then he went and go and sexually assaulted a 16 year old of mine. But do you know what the terrifying thing about this is? This is how far the Blackhawks were willing to go to protect their video coach. 
imagine what they will do if one of their head coaches or assistant coaches or whatever is involved in something similar. And I'm not saying it definitely happened, but I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if other teams in the NHL have had, have had similar things that they swept under the rug and got away with. Because this is, this is too big for it to be an incident. And the way Gary Bettman has handled it is terrible. And I've been, I'm not, I don't want to say I've defended Bettman in the past, but I've come to his aid, you know, when he's, when he's booed during the draft, I always thought it was ridiculous. You know, yeah, was, I mean, there's, there's some there's commissioners no that are more deserving of others, like I Manfred. Look, look, I understand, but the booing Gary Bettman every draft, I mean, come on, it's getting old. But honestly, yeah, after I, this I week, will, I will agree with you on that, but I still don't like how he's. No, no, but this game. is, in my opinion, Gary Bettman has now for the first time as a commissioner done something that's worthy of being booed every time he steps foot in an arena. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. With that. Absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous. And then, you know, the players involved too, you know, Duncan Keith saying, Oh, if I could do it all over again, I'd do it differently. Bullshit. You were 28 years old. You should know better. Jonathan Tate was the captain. He was 21. I don't care. He's an NHL captain. A 21 year old should know right from wrong. And I don't think it matters that he was on or off the team. Like if he wasn't even playing in the games, I don't think that matters. If you see something like that, if he's like in your locker room at all, I mean, someone's got to step up and say something. See something. something. Exactly. Look, I know people who are younger than Jonathan Taves was at that moment who have experienced something similar and they went to the police. It's not rocket science, you know, it's, it's not, it's not some complicated formula where, where, you know, you have to calculate everything before you decide to go to the police. No, one of your teammates got abused by a person in power. A video coach has same like a head coach and like a teacher in, in high school from a position of power that was abused and none. And I, I don't want to put blame on a single person in an organization, but John Tortorella said this. How did no one think, oh, maybe we should report this to the police? No one. Not the, not the head coach, not the assistant coach, not the general manager, not the president, not the owner. No one. None of the players, no one who was involved, no one who saw, who, who heard of the abuse had, had the, the common decency to think, okay, maybe we should call the police because... That's what you do in these in these circumstances. And like I said, if if winning a cup was that important to you, you could have reported it a month later after you won a cup in Philly. They beat the Flyers in the final. They had their cup. They had their moment in the sun. They won their championship. They're getting their rings. They're getting their banner raised. Now is the time. But they didn't do that either. The only reason we know about this is because the person involved came forward. Let's not forget that. This did not come forward because the Blackhawks all of a sudden, you know, decided to to bring this out into the public. I hear all the time about, no, this was the previous regime. Okay, when did the current regime start? Because day one of the current regime, you could have released this information, but you didn't. Doesn't matter whether it's the it still happened, though. No, no. But but the current regime excuse doesn't doesn't hold water when you realize that when that regime took over and there were people in that new regime that knew 
nobody said anything still they swept it under the rug for 11 years and it's just it's 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 frustrating to see how bad the league is dealing with this and it's like they're how- scared I don't, I don't even know it's like there's a slap on the wrist like I, I don't know i don't know what it is like it's like the, the these commissioners they're just like afraid to punish like teams or or, or people for like actions of, of like the past I, I okay like john gruden got like yeah he he resigned or whatever or they basically basically got fired mm-hmm. like for for doing that but then like okay the astros go ahead and cheat and th- they get a slap on the wrist not no players all the players that were involved in it no one got suspended and then this happens and the black house get a two million dollar fine like See, where's the accountability where's where's the punishment a fine is not a punishment a fine just puts a price on something if you get a speeding ticket, let's say you drive 20 miles too fast and your speeding ticket is $170. That's not a punishment. It just means if you want to drive that fast, it's going to cost you $170. If you want to cover up sexual abuse in the NHL, it's going to cost you $2 million. If you cover it up for a decade, you're going to make more money than the $2 million is going to cost you when it eventually leaks. This is the message the NHL is sending to the other teams in the league. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's a it's it's a spot on comparison, but it just sounds so atrocious. It's I know disgusting. You know, it's and like really the NHL dropped the ball here and they 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 let Stan Bowman resign, they let Joel Quenville resign. They they didn't do anything, you know, they didn't ban him, but then again, you know, should we really surprised be surprised about a league that is still glorifying Bobby Hall, who beat up two wives and chased one of his wives with a chainsaw. The same oh, league. See, I that, didn't even know about that. <laughs> this, the same league that in the mid 80s allowed Craig McTavish to come back after d- drunk driving, killing an innocent woman. He spent a couple of months in jail. When he came out of jail, the NHL invited him back with open arms. He won the final face off when the Rangers actually won the cup in 94. Most, most people remember him for the last player to, to play without a helmet until 1997. But I remember him as the player who killed an innocent woman and was, was welcomed back like a hero. Austin Matthews, who, who assaults a woman at midnight, and then he gets uh, Lady Bing votes, the trophy that exemplifies uh, gentlemanly conduct. You cannot make this shit up. It's, it's seriously, and he gets two covers, two covers on the, the EA Sports' NHL games, which is like the pinnacle of representation for a hockey player. It's ridiculous. Um, Everyone wants to be on the cover of the EA Sports hockey games when they're growing up. And he, yeah. got, he got on there twice. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is the face of the NHL and honestly, couldn't be more accurate. Because yeah, Austin, uh, Austin Matthews, for as good a player he is, he got away with something that, that most fans are going to forget about in, 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 in the next few years. It's never going to come up again. But this league has had some very bad moments in the past where they didn't deal with it at all. The only reason Voinov was kicked out of the league is because his visa was revoked when, 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 when the police was involved with him abusing, like beating up his wife. But Patrick Kane beat up a cab driver. Um, nothing happens. But then on the other hand, on the other hand, you have 
uh, Brendan Leipzig, who gets his contract terminated for saying something nasty in a private group chat on, on social media. It's, it, it doesn't make any freaking sense. And this league is becoming a joke. Hockey is the best sport in the world, but the NHL is the worst league. Yeah, and, you said that from the beginning. Like, yeah. And, you I know, mean, it's a, this is a scandal the, that unfortunately does not get the media coverage it should get outside of hockey. The only people talking about this are hockey people. This should be front page news. This should be talked about on NBC, on, on CNN. Right. This should be a mainstream story. And it isn't because we're talking about a player who now plays in the, in Germany. So nobody cares. And the accused are the, the most recent dynasty in hockey, three cups in six years. It's, it's ridiculous how they look and $2 million, $2 million fine for for an organization that's worth over a billion are you kidding me that's ridiculous i was like i'm sitting there waiting i'm like okay and what else and what else and what else but there is nothing else and what else and then it was just nothing that's it silent radio silence just nothing and i'm like are you serious really two million dollars that's it you know you're really like the 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 thing that you said, the NH- the hockey being the best sport, but the NHL being the worst league, is really the ice cold take to end all ice cold takes. I hate to say that, but like that's true. It's really is. It's just mm-hmm. like the most accurate thing you could say about the NHL and hockey. There, it's the best sport, but you know we have the worst league. Really, like okay. The the guy in the NFL, they held him accountable. The guy rugs, he 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 crashed or whatever, and the Raiders released him. They said, "Screw you, we don't need you. That you don't deserve to play in the NFL if you're if you're gonna do something like that. At least they'll hold someone accountable." But this, it's just like, okay, yeah, we did something bad. Let's just uh, not say anything about it. No, maybe no one will will notice. And then mm. ten years later, here we go. Oh no, I didn't realize that we did this. Oh, I didn't realize that it was this bad. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. So, um, the $2 million fine is the same amount of career earnings that Kirby Doc has made so far, and he's 20 years old. Oh, my God. To put it in perspective. Wow. That's terrible. Oh, someone, someone did, like, like, what percentage that is of, like, the Blackhawks' worth. I, I don't know how much what the value of Blackhawks. I mean, I, I had that calculation on it's gonna on be screen. less than a, it's well under it's a percent. Like, I think it's zero zero point zero zero eight percent. Something. Yeah. It's it's, it's gotta less, be something like that. It's 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 less than a five thousand dollar fine for a player on an entry level deal. <sighs> My god. A player making the That's minimum crazy. salary in the NHL. The percentage a five dollar five thousand dollar fine has on him is bigger than the two million dollar fine the Blackhawks got based on their net worth. And I know the comparison between net worth and earnings is not is not perfect, but just to paint a picture, just to put mm-hmm. it in perspective. Yeah, I, I got it. The proportion yeah. fine the Blackhawks got for covering up sexual abuse for eleven years is lower 
than the proportional fine a player on minimum salary gets for a cross check. You know what else was covered up this week? You know, um, Vitaly Kravtsov getting loaned to Tractor. Oh yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, let, let's let's switch and talk talk about something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, like, still, still frustrating, but in a it is frustrating. Way. Yeah, but this is okay. So, but the Kravtsov thing, it's just like okay, we have this Russian article coming out. Ryan Mead saying, okay, yeah, Kravtsov's going back to Tractor. Then Vince tweets out, uh, no, that's not happening. Like I have sources from inside the Rangers telling me he's not going to track there. And then literally right before we recorded this pod, we started recording the podcast. Okay. Official Rangers are loaning Kravtsov back to tractor Chelyabinsk. Yeah. And okay. All right, here we go again. It's like, it's so, that meme. It's that yeah. meme. Kravtsov. Here we go again. So just to put, I, I want to touch on this quickly because there was, you know, there's been some, some, talk on Twitter about this. Um, the Russian source that, um, that that reported this, it's a sports website and they have reporters working for them that, you know, they, they interview players. Um, I think, I'm not sure if it's the exact same person who wrote this, but one of the reporters that works for that website, for that news outlet, has interviewed Kravtsov several times while he was playing in Russia. And they said on Monday, the Rangers and Tractor have agreed on a loan, but now it's up to the player and Tractor to agree on the salary. So it wasn't finalized yet. The Rangers then come out and through Vince Marcogliano report, no, there's no loan uh, 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 confirmed yet, but there have been talks between the teams. The Rangers are just more cautious in their reporting. They don't want to report the loan as confirmed yet before the player agrees to a salary. Because if the player doesn't agree to the salary, the loan falls through. The problem here isn't the reporters. The problem here is not me sharing a Russian article. The problem here is not Vince reporting what he's being told. The problem here is the Rangers and Toktor telling their news outlets different stories, conflicting stories. The story that came out on Monday, I think, was still accurate. I, I fully believe that the teams agreed on the loan on Monday, but they didn't finalize the loan deal yet because the player still had to agree to the salary. That's how it works. You know, he, he doesn't get to play in Russia and gets paid by the Rangers. That's not how a loan works. If a player is sent out on loan to a different team, that player then has to negotiate the salary with that new team. It's like starting a new job. And until... Until you then accept that offer, nothing is final. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been through that. I've been through that. The people listening have been through that. You have a job interview. They make you an offer. Until you sign that offer, nothing's final. Mm -hmm. So I, I think people should stop complaining about reporters being right or wrong. You know, uh, when it comes to Ryan, when it comes to me, we're not reporters, but we're very passionate Ranger fans. And when right. we you guys follow the team very, very closely, when we find something online, when I, when I see the article from the Russian website, I share it and I say Rangers and Tractor have agreed to uh, on a loan for Vitaly Kravtsov. I just, I just share what I read. I'm not a reporter, but Vince, there've been people criticizing Vince and laughing at Vince now that it's confirmed by the Rangers. 
Vince wasn't wrong. Vince was just sharing what he was told by the Rangers. If you want to complain about anyone, complain about both Tractor and the Rangers not getting their story straight at the same time. Mm, That's the problem here. The problem is not me or Ryan or Vince or Larry or whatever. No. And I think, especially on Twitter and on social media, people get carried away with, oh, you've got this wrong. And then I didn't get anything wrong. I'm just sharing what I'm finding. You know, there, right, there's, that's no, it. Yeah. there's no right or wrong. And yeah, it's exhausting sometimes, but that's, that's I guess that's just the way it is. I, yeah, I understand it. That's why, that's why I, I saw the thing. And then I saw Vince's tweet saying that, no, this isn't happening. And I was just like, all right, let me, let me just wait a couple of days before I jump to any conclusion. Because last year, the same thing happened. Mm. Last year, the Rangers and Tokhtar were talking about a loan and the Russian media uh, announced it first. Uh, Gillian Kammerer, who's one of the best follows, if you're interested in KHL uh, uh, coverage. Um, she reported it. She reported that it was a season-long loan because that's what she was told by, by the representatives of the Tokto organization. And then Vince was told something different by the Rangers. So you have these two reporters saying different things because they're being told different things. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm, I'm happy Kraftsoff is going there on loan because this is the best-case scenario for the Rangers. Let's talk about the player for a second. Right, yeah. So tell me, tell me why you think it's better for him to be in the KHL versus the AHL. I know you feel strongly about that opinion. Oh, no, that, I mean, okay, he's got to get used to the North American ice. You know what I mean? But I know you, I know you against yeah. that. You think that's well. The reason I'm okay. against it is because in the KHL they also play on rings the same size as in North America. This is no longer the KHL of the 1990s and early 2000s where they all played on Olympic regulation rings. They still do that in the SHL. They still do that, I think, in the Czech Hockey League. But in Liga, in Finland, they have the hybrid rink, which is somewhere in the middle. Uh, And uh, teams in the KHL either have the hybrid rink or North American rinks. The only two teams that still play on the Olympic-sized rinks in the KHL are Kunlun Red Star from Beijing and Dinamo Riga in Latvia. Every other team plays on smaller rinks. Um, That's not Tractor. No. Uh, But aside from that, aside from that, I think... Kravtsov playing for Traktor is good for the Rangers because whether or not fans want to admit it, Traktor, uh, Kravtsov sitting out for the whole season is, is going to hurt the Rangers one way or another. Whether they want to trade him or whether they want to use him later on. Sitting out an entire year for a 21-year-old player is bad. Um, and even if you want to trade him at the end of the season... Why not let him play in Russia? Why not let him build up his value so you can get a little bit more for him than just a second-round pick? And the comparison I always made here is Jonathan Drouin when he was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Back in, I think, 2016, um, he refused to play for them. He went back to Montreal, Mm -hmm. and there were all these memes about how Drouin is sleeping in his mom's basement, and he just didn't want to play. And the Tampa Bay Lightning decided to, to try and reconcile the situation, you know, try to, to fix it. Instead of trading him for scraps, like the Rangers did with Leas, they got a late second-round pick, tech, almost a third-round pick for him. The Tampa Bay Lightning with Druan reconciled the situation. They haven't had him play for Tampa for a whole season. He put up 50 points, and then he was traded for Mikhail Sergachev who was instrumental to their two cup wins this year and last year. 
if the Rangers want to do what's jury needs to do what's best for the Rangers. If if Kravtsov lights it up in the KHL, there's going to be significant interest from other teams, and you're going to get more than just a washed-up prospect or prospect or a second-round pick. So it's in the best interest of the Rangers that Kravtsov plays and Russia and does well. And look, I, I I'm probably I'd say it's probably 95% sure he never plays for the Rangers again. Maybe 90, maybe 98% sure. But look, I, I don't completely rule out the scenario where after a good season in Russia, he comes over at the end of the season because the KHL season ends in March. He comes over at the end of the season, joins the Rangers like he did last year, comes to New York in shape, joins the team, and is a, an, an integral part to our playoff push. It's got it. That's the key right there. It has to be, he has to play an immediate impact. Yes, yes. If an he immediate over, impact. It can't be, it can't be like Lafreniere or, or Kako, where it's just like, oh, they're still getting used to the league or whatever. Right. But no, this is it. This yeah. is it. This is your chance, man. This is it. This is the yeah. last chance that you got. And, and for comparison's sake, let me quickly look this up because I did tweet this a couple of days ago. Kravtsov uh, is now the same age as Evgeny Kuznetsov when he was in his final KHL year before coming over. Evgeny Kuznetsov, after he was drafted, played four full seasons in the KHL. Tarasenko played three. Um, so for comparison's sake, um, D plus four seasons in the KHL, Panarin had uh, 40 points in 51 games. Kuznetsov had 21 and 31, and Kaprizov had 51 and 57. I'm that those are the comparisons you need to look for for, for Kravtsov. If he can get close to a Kaprizov or Panarin type production this season, then yeah, bring him over at the end of the season and see what he can do. Mm, that's a lot. Because, that's a lot, right? How many points did he have last year? And I, I know fans don't want to hear this because fans are like, oh no, no, uh, he's a he's a spoiled brat and this and that, and I don't want him to play for my team. I don't care. I just want I just want to do what's best for my team because the only thing I care about is winning a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And if the options are trading him now for for Baron Hayton, who in my opinion is worse than than Morgan Baron, or <laughs> or a, a hypothetical scenario where you play him for a year and then you trade him for a guy like I don't know. Um, Pot Colson or yeah, you know, that would or, be or Alex Turkov. Let's say LA is really interested in Vitaly Kravtsov. They had some Russians over the last couple of years. It really worked out for them. They have Artur Kaliev, who has uh, uh, roots from that. Yeah, area. he's got Russian. He's got Russian roots. Yeah, he was born in well Uzbek. He was born in Uzbekistan, but yeah, it's, I don't want to say they're the same because I don't want to upset <laughs> people from Uzbekistan. <laughs> but um, no and. If you can find a team that's interested in Kravtsov, just make sure you work you work up his value first. Because I would much rather get a player that makes an impact on the Rangers than get a second round pick and hope for the best. The Rangers were lucky that they that that Will Cooley has worked out so far with mm-hmm. that for Elias. Yeah, he's looking good so far. Do we really want to go through that again, or do we want to just bury the hatchet, compromise, you know, find a solution that's best not just for the player but also for the team and the organization 
mm -hmm. and then move forward. I want, I rather have a Jonathan Druin scenario than a Elias Anderson scenario. Yeah, I I agree. But the you know what the Rangers are pretty pretty good at you know with their with their later picks instead of like their first rounders. Yeah. I talked about this on a couple episodes. Like they just can't draft with the top fifteen pick. Really, it's just all their later picks that have hit. Well, it's I mean, like it's because they all develop somewhere else. Yeah, they develop somewhere else. They don't develop in America, in in North America, or um, in yeah. like Hartford or whatever. They don't develop. Like, in Andre, Hartford, New York, yeah. Andre Miller developed in, in in college. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. But look, there's no harm in at the end of the season having him come back and play on this team. What's, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that he doesn't work out. You still trade him for a second round pick. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. But That's... like I said, I just want what's best for the team and trading him when his value is low is not best for the team. Yeah. The kid needs to play like, because if he doesn't, if he doesn't play a team might see that like, okay, well, if he hasn't played in a few months, obviously he's going to be rusty. And if we want to use him, he's not going to be as good as like he should be. So we shouldn't have to give up as much, but like, yeah. I think it's, it's good for him to be like conditioned or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and plays last, game, last you got to be fresh. Last season, he, he led his team uh, in the KHL in goals in the regular season. And he let them in points in the playoffs. So he had a he, good he had a good season last year. Yeah, he's going back to the KHL now, having played 20 NHL games, having having joined the team for a, a proper preseason camp that we haven't had in, in uh, that we didn't have last season, of course. A proper camp. Now he goes back to the KHL. He should be better than he was last year. Vitaly Kravtsov should get close to a point per game in the KHL this season. Anything less. If if he is half a point per game in the in the in the KHL this season, then don't even bother calling him. Don't even bother uh, mm -hmm. recalling him. You know he needs to show now what he can do. Because if he doesn't yeah. show now in the KHL, then his value is not his value is, is not going to go up. But if there's a scenario where his value goes up, the Rangers should absolutely absolutely go with that scenario. And yeah, if that 20... scenario, if that scenario means that he's going to play for this team again, so be it. But it's not going to be easy for the kid because the first time he sets foot on the ice at Madison Square Garden, the crowd's not the crowd's not going to. Uh, it's not going to be a good one. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to chant his name. I, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough for him. But like I said, I just want what's best for the team. I don't want. Mm -hmm. I don't want this rebuild to fail because we gave up on a kid too early, and got I got a shit return. Imagine if we trade him for a second round pick. He goes to LA, he puts it all together, and then LA trades him to another team, and they get like a top ten pick and a and a and a, and a good prospect for him. You don't want to, you don't want to see that scenario happening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He had twenty three points in forty nine games last year during the regular season. Is that right? Twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, this uh, khl.com is uh, a little off there, but yeah, I, I mean. I it's think gotta in, be. I think in points per game. Let me quickly check. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, 
It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. He was sixth on the team in points per game. Sixth on the team in points per game last year. That's, uh, I guess yeah. that's not bad. Four, you got to look. Fourth among forwards, by the way. Okay. So. Uh, how good is Tractor? Is it, are they a good, like a really good team? Oh, they were, they were terrible last year. They were absolutely dog shit. Okay. Yeah. But. He he led his team in goals and in, in the playoffs he led his team in points. He had uh, two goals, two assists in five games, and they were first round exit in the playoffs. Mm. But this year they're second in their in their conference with, with behind Metalur. So they're a better team now. And now they're adding Kraftsov, who is a dynamic player who's going to make them even better. They might they might even be a contender. Imagine him going back to Russia and, and playing in the playoffs and having like a dominant postseason in, 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 in the KHL. That's the best case scenario for this kid and for the Rangers. So, yeah, I, well, I hope that that's what ends up happening. But I mean, yeah. well, it's a lot to ask for to be a point per game player in the KHL. Like it, that hasn't happened for him yet. No, but it, if Nigel Dawes can do it, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, look, I, I like this move by the Rangers. I think it's the right call. Um, and the Rangers need to, the Rangers need to meet him halfway if, if they want what's best for the team. I, uh, I agree. And um, speaking of meeting halfway, I think Adam Fox, um, apparently he might have oh. taken a few extra years um, oh. off his free agency to stay with the Rangers, right? Because um, what is he, yeah. 25 now? And no, he's just signed the mega extension. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's only 23. He's going to be 23. Okay. My oh, bad. He is, he is 23 now. Um, so he's going to be 31 when this contract expires. Okay. And unrestricted free agency begins at 26, 27? 27. Yeah, 27. so he has, he has three RFA years left because contract kicks in next year when he's 24. So his uh, seven-year deal is three RFA years and four UFA years. Yeah, so that's pretty. That's pretty good that he took. Like, you know, that helps yeah. us out a little bit. It's 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 a good deal for the Rangers. Um, getting a Norris Trophy winner at age twenty-three for nine point five million, you take that any day. And you know what? I'm gonna say it, and I don't care if people believe in jinxes. I'm just gonna say it. He's gonna win another Norris this season. Because he, <laughs> okay, I was I was I was waiting for I was waiting for you to say something else, but uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I, was, I don't think he's going to win a heart trophy just yet. That's going to. What's the last? Who's the last defenseman to win a heart trophy? That's a good one. Let's look Is that up. Lidstrom, maybe? Nah, Pronger. Uh, let's see. No idea. That's good see. question. The last defenseman. Uh, oh, Carey Price was the last goalie. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. That happened. That now, was the thing. Pronger in two thousand was the last defenseman. It, to, uh, it was Pronger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Pronger was back in his back in the day. Pronger was a great offensive defenseman. Yeah. 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 Couple of, couple of damn... Dominic Hasek had had a, had a couple. Uh, Josie Theodore. 
uh, Carey Price, of course. But other than that, it's it's mostly forwards. Yeah, Fox. If Fox wants to win the the Hart Trophy, that's got to yeah, be but- like point per game and that's what he's at right now 11 points in 10 games Connor McDavid is going to win another hard trophy this season there's there's oh no there, there's no argument there's, there's yeah no you know the guy's on the guy's on pace for over 200 points McDavid, yeah and then okay and then the Rangers have to play him even like if he comes, listen Connor McDavid's going to is going to hit 150 points if he slows down 17 points in Eight games. Oh my God. <laughs> That's incredible. He, he slowed down a little bit, but, you know, he's going to hit 150. Oh, my God. He's going to hit 150. And he, I think he's going to be the first one since Mario Lemieux in the mid-90s. They hit 150. Wow. The closest we've had, I wow. think, was Kucherov a couple of years ago. Let's see, Kucherov. Kucherov had like 120 something, maybe 127. 128. 128. I was off by one again. Um, Dry side 110. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. Uh, anyway, back to Adam Fox, best defenseman in the league. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's I, I don't think. I don't even think it's close either. It, like, I think it's. it's, well, it's this great think, defenseman. I'm not saying that, but I think like Fox has just been. He's been even better this year. I didn't even expect him to add the the skill part of his game. Oh, he he's he been is. so much better this year. He's also the third fastest Rangers defenseman to get a hundred points, behind only Brian Leach and Sergei Zubov. Oh my god, that's great company right there. Those are some of the, like those are legends. Yeah, those are legends. You know, you know the most impressive thing about Adam Fox when you watch him play, and you should you should actually. Uh, keep an eye on this next time you uh, you watch the Rangers. It's not it's not his pace. It's not his physicality. It's not even his skating. But how deceptive he is with the way he uses his head, like literally. He he throws people off by looking one way and then going another. He is the Pavel Datsuk on defense. Oh my God! Yeah, it's you're you're right. I, I'm thinking about that goal that he scored that um, uh, Lafreniere scored against Montreal. He set up the reverse to Lindgren behind the net the entire game. Every yeah. time a four checker was coming at him, he would just reverse it behind the net, set it up the entire game. And then the one time they read it, they 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 decided to go for it to cut off that angle. Yeah. He goes he goes to the left instead of the very. And he goes, did a similar goes, thing in Nashville when, when he had the secondary assist on the Lafreniere goal. And he did the same thing against Columbus where he had to cross-crease past the Lafreniere. Yep. Yeah. It's unbelievable how he does these things. Yeah, his, and, his head fakes are just – like you actually think he's looking to pass it, but mm-hmm. he fools you and he keeps the puck for himself. I mean, I, I've seen Nick Lidstrom. I've seen Brian Leach. I've seen Eric Carlson in his best days. Eric Carlson had 82 points in 82 games when he oh, was. Oh yeah, there. Carlson was a demon. Offensively, offensively, Carlson is up there with the best defenseman in in league history. Offensively, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about defense because you know it's different, different story. But Adam Fox does it all. Defensively, he's he's great. He's probably a top three defenseman in his own zone. He's a top three defenseman in transition. He's a top three defenseman when it, when it comes to offense. It's unbelievable to watch his kid play. And he makes it look so easy. 
Do you remember that one play? I think it was against Dallas. We were on the power play. Uh, we're in their zone, and he's pushed into a corner by Heiskanen. And he lifts the puck over Heiskanen's stick. Yes. To open up space in the middle and keep the power play going. Are you kidding me? Are, it's ridiculous. Nice. It's absolutely insane. Like yeah. I said, that is stuff that Pavel Datsuk would do. Datsuk was breaking ankles. Fox is doing the same thing. And he's a defenseman. Yeah, it's just it, like honestly, it's incredible to 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 watch. Yeah. Like it's just I, I know it's early, but he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like I really, I really can't argue with that. He's just well, barring, been, he such a yeah, barring something crazy happening, he's like, gotta, like a, he got to stay healthy. He's got like to stay ending, healthy. Yeah, unless he has a career-ending injury, Adam oh Fox is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't would jeez, don't let and that happen. You know what? The number 23 is going to go up in the rafters in 20 years. It's got to. It's got to. <laughs> and it's not going to be for Chris Jury. No, no. It's going to be for no, Adam Fox. It's not going to be for Connor Brickley either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about him. Yes, he did wear 23. Or Ryan oh. Stewart. Oh my God! Thank you so much for Ryan Strom. Think about it: the number twenty-three across all sports is already legendary. Yeah, Jordan, Michael Jordan, David Beckham. When they, when they, I don't know if people follow soccer at all, but when David Beckham went to Real Madrid, he picked number twenty-three because of Michael Jordan. Wow! Michael Jordan yeah. is probably the 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 most influential athlete ever the way he put basketball on the map i remember in the mid 90s basketball wasn't very popular here in europe and then it had an exhibition game in paris if you watch the the last dance documentary on netflix which i highly recommend even if you don't like basketball i highly recommend it they 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 touch on their exhibition game in france in paris and i lived in the netherlands at the time i was 11 10 11 12 years old maybe and from, from one year to, to, to the next, basketball was booming. There were basketball courts opening up all over the city. Everyone was a Chicago Bulls fan. When I went to high school, my everything I had, like, like my, I had a pen that was made of the same fabric as a basketball. That's how huge the basketball hype was because of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. It's never going to happen with hockey, but... Adam Fox, the most famous number 23 in New York sports. I'll, uh, I'll settle for that. Yeah, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. And he's ours for seven more years at nine and a half million dollars. There's so, I mean, like, do, do you think this is like saying the Rangers are going to name him cat? Do you, do you think that's going to, that's going to happen? Oh, I mean, how can you not? I mean, look, on the, on the one hand, I want to say, how can you not? On the other hand, we, we've seen what, what, what the captaincy did with Brian Leach. We've seen what the captaincy did with Ryan McDonough. The captaincy is not for everyone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going like to say something controversial. Chris Drury was a better Rangers captain than Brian Leach and Ryan McDonough. Not a better player. He's a better captain. I, even I though, kind of see that. I even, think though that's, that's... He, even though he didn't let a loss ruin his... Christmas or weekend or whatever. I, I don't 
remember the, 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 the exact quote, but Chris Drury and Ryan Callahan touched on this in an interview years ago. When Ryan Callahan was named captain, he mentioned that he learned everything from Chris Drury. Wow. Chris yeah. Drury is, is, is an influential person in hockey. And let's hope he works out as a GM. Um, a lot of people giving him slack right now, but I, I remember like when I first started watching hockey, like seeing the, the documentaries about Drury, you know, like he was a great player. He was a good player before he came to the Rangers and then like he was a good leader and stuff. He is a good person yeah. and stuff like hearing that, you know, I always remembered that. And, you know, I hope that tra- again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I hope it translates to. If there's if there's the front one office, I, if there's one person I trust in naming the right player as captain, it's Chris Burry, because he knows what it he's no he knows what it takes. Is that going to be his decision though? Do you think? I think well, yeah. I think a general manager is is the one who, who he certainly the head- he certainly has input. I don't think the head coach just comes in one day and goes, you know what? I'm gonna make that I'm gonna make that guy the captain now all right Libor Hayek you're the captain that's not gonna happen <laughs> Libor Hayek Libor Hayek is the captain of the press box at this point <laughs> I mean he's already decorating the press box with 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 family photos and, and and you know a check flag on the wall because he's making it his home Gauthier is the most frequent visitor Gauthier Gauthier likes to visit Libor Hayek in his uh, in his natural habitat yeah yeah oh man I like I really hope, like, I don't think it's going to happen, but I really hope Gauthier starts to, you know, figure it out. But it's just, it's, with every opportunity he gets, I mean, he's not scoring or whatever. It lo- he looks good on the ice, but if you're not scoring goals, it's kind of hard to, for a player like him to stay in the lineup over a reliable player like McKegg. I shouldn't even say reliable, but, like, you know, you know what you're getting from McKegg. Oof, that, that sounds like a little bit of an oxymoron, a reliable player McKegg. But yeah, I mean, he's 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 always a six, never a seven. He's a he's a jack of all trades, master of none. Same with Dryden Hunt. Dryden mm-hmm. Hunt plays well. Dryden Hunt looks lineup, even though he, he looks good. Like impact. he cycles the puck really well. Oh, no. Yeah, he does. But it, it's like it's like Colin Blackwell last last season. You know, the first couple of games, Colin Blackwell didn't really didn't really do much and then he was put on Panarin's line and he put up like what 35 points Um, (laughs) I I really Colin Blackwell and and Kevin Rooney were signed for one reason only because they needed two forwards to expose in the expansion draft that were signed through this current season right that was the goal that was the plan and Kevin Rooney Listen, Kevin Rooney earned that protection slot, in my opinion. Kevin Rooney, for me, is is one of the heroes on this team. Just, even if you take away all his goals, all his on-ice performances, the way he responded to Tom Wilson on the bench, where he did this, that, listen, I, 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 can, I can put that on repeat for an hour, and, and I, I won't stop laughing at it. Kevin Rooney yeah. is a hero. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. He definitely he definitely proved a lot last season, yeah. and I I'm I like him. I think he's good. He's a good fourth yeah. line center. Yeah. Good fourth line and center. He's also very happy to be a Ranger. You know, he yeah. We didn't really get a chance with the previous teams, and 
Um, so uh, me and my fiance, we, we collect goal pucks. And she went to a Rangers-Devils game uh, last season where the Rangers scored six goals. And she wanted some, she wanted goal pucks from that game. And she was able to get her hands on five of the six goal pucks for the Rangers. The only one she couldn't find was the Kevin Rooney goal puck. And the, the rep of the company that, that auctions them off, May Gray, said that Kevin Rooney wanted to keep the puck because it was a goal, the first goal he scored for the Rangers against his former team. And he's, he's, he's proud that the Rangers gave him an actual shot instead of just putting him in Hartford. So he appreciates the chance he got. And uh, yeah, that story uh, is, is one of the reasons why, wow. why I'm a little bit of a Kevin Rooney fan. It's, uh, yeah. He's such a yeah. useful player, though. He reminds me of Dominic. He, is. he reminds yeah, me of exa- Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Dominic Moore so much. Like, oh, he was such a good player for us. Like, yeah. he was like literally perfect for that fourth line role. Uh, that 2000 draft, man, getting Dominic Moore and Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> was... Yeah. All we had to do was uh, was sign Dominic Moore in free agency again in 2013, yeah. the offseason, to, yeah, to get that him was, back. I think that was after his, his wife passed away because his wife right. was back with cancer and, and he took like a leave of absence. Yep. And then afterwards he came back to New York. He just wanted to play in New York again. I always remember that uh, the game winner in the conference finals against uh, against Montreal again in game six. Never going to forget that. That was a fourth-line goal. Fourth line got us the only goal of that game. Yeah. Not Nash, not, not like St. Louis or Richards. It was, it was Dominic Moore on the fourth line. Yeah. Oh, man, I missed that team. The third yeah, line I miss team. it too, man. Third line with Zuccarello, Brassard, and Puglia. Oh my God, my those are my favorites. Ah. It's one of the best third third lines we've ever had. And then the fourth line with Boyle, Moore, and Dorset. The reason we made it to the final that year is because of our depth. Simple. Right. Yeah. Oh, those guys. Yeah, I I, I love that team. It was it was such a good time. Such a good time. Really hope I'm really hoping we could get the. I'm really hoping that's what we could turn this team. That's what Galan turns this team into. Look, like, the Rangers are the Rangers are on the right path, and if you look at this season, Panarin and Zibanejad aren't playing great, but they're a point per game almost. <laughs> yeah, somehow, or maybe Panarin is even a point per game. I always say good players produce when they play well. Great players produce even when they don't. And Panarin yeah. has not played well, but a couple of days ago, uh, he had, was it against Columbus where he had three assists? I think so. I think do it was you, Columbus. Do you remember Panarin playing in that game? Because he mm. wasn't really that visible, but he, he still gets three assists. It's unbelievable. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, Panarin is, Panarin is 30 now, but he played in the KHL for a couple of years. So there's not enough wear and tear on his body as, a player that will play in the NHL when you know ever since he's twenty, so he he have a, he'll have a good few years left. Panarin's got six points in his last three games. <laughs> Unbelievable. Two two last night against Vancouver, uh, one against Seattle, and then three assists in uh, against Columbus. Yeah, no this this team. I think this team can make the playoffs, but it's going to be tough, man. We we play in objectively the hardest division in the league. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I got to see the 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 West Coast trip is always tough. Uh, really, 
tough game last night. I was I wasn't paying attention as much. Uh, it was probably very early in the morning for you, right? That game. Yeah, yeah. It started at two a.m. Wow, it's Damn. it's rough. It's rough. Normally, those games would start at four a.m. when I was still living in Vienna before daylight savings. Oh those my god, at four a.m. Um, but yeah, let me let me just name the number of teams per division that are under five hundred. Okay. Um, the Atlantic Division, two teams. The Western Division, three uh, three teams. The Pacific Division, four. And the number of teams in the Metro that are under 500, zero. Every team in the Metro is 500 or above. What? All them yeah. now? Yes. Pittsburgh wow. has, has eight. Pittsburgh is last in our division, and they're at, at 500. That's insane. Insane. Yep. It's Carolina gonna, still hasn't lost. Carolina yeah. still hasn't lost. Nope. It um, is very early in the season, though. So if I you, mean, yeah, if you if you take away the teams that are five hundred, so if you only look at teams that are over five hundred so far, the Pacific Division has three. The Western Division has four. The Atlantic Division has four, and the East uh, the Metro has seven. Toughest, wow. objectively the toughest division in hockey this season. It has right. been for the last couple of years, to be honest. So there's now just we, a lot of talent there. We so we got rid of the Bruins and the Sabres, and we got back the Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. who and have the Blue Jackets games, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 10 points out of eight games. They're in fifth. God. Yeah, no one thought Columbus was gonna be this good. Or like over five hundred. Oh, they're they're going to rally about uh, Kivleniak's passing away. That that's going to really strengthen their core, and and you know it's going to really help them bond. I think I like what they did with like they really rebuilt. Like, I mean, they got a lot of peace. I wouldn't say the rebuild's done because I think they need more young talent. Oh, but they got a lot this off season. They got Adam Boakvist, two first round picks, and a second round. Yeah, pick. that young. trade was a heist. A heist. Seth Jones, Seth Jones's new contract is the worst in the league, and it hasn't even kicked in yet. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Seth oh Jones man, it's the same amount of money as Adam Fox. Yeah, and you really can't even compare them. Can't even—they're not even in the same tier, not even in the same league. Just- I would—I would play Zach Jones over Seth Jones. Wow. Yeah. Also, also yeah. because also because it would save me eight point five million in, in cash. Yeah, 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 for real. Yeah, <laughs> for real, for real. But um, like, nah, I mean the Rangers are are off to a good start to the season, but it's, it's hasn't been, been perfect. Has been far from perfect hockey. Igor has definitely failed. Yeah, Igor has definitely bailed them out, and they just found ways to win. But I want to see how they respond like on the rest of this road trip after a bad loss last night. Yeah. Um, Again, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So last night, Tuesday night, Rangers had a 2-0 lead against Vancouver, and they blew it in the third period and then lost in overtime. I want to see how they respond against Edmonton. It's like the exact opposite of the Ottawa Senators game. Right. Right. Where they were, they that were had trailing, to happen to us. They were trailing 2-0 with six minutes to go, and they won that game. Um, but last night's game against the Canucks, uh, people who like stats will be interested for, uh, in this. 
Last night's game against the Canucks was the first game the Rangers played this season where the winner also won more faceoffs. Yeah, really? Okay, okay. So the first nine games, eight of those The games, Rangers would have won if they didn't blow that lead. <laughs> the, the, out of those nine games, uh, the Rangers won six. And in those six, they won. They lost the, the face-off battle. They lost two in regulation where they won the face-off battle. And they lost one in overtime, getting one point, where the face-off was 50%. I'm not making this shit up. It's unbelievable. Such a weird start to the season. Yep. Such so, a weird, weird start. And look, Chris Kreider um, getting the 15th most power play goals in NHL history in the month of October. Um, 15th most in 15th, history? 15th or 20th most in, in, in NHL history in October, power play goals. How many did he have? Like five? Uh, I think he had five and then two rec- two uh, even strength goals. Last night, we scored two power play goals, and I was shocked Kreider wasn't at the end of it. I was shocked that we scored a power play goal without Kreider being involved. Wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this team has lucked into a couple of wins because of Shesh Jorkin. Let's be real here. Uh, uh, yeah, undoubtedly. We're, we're talking about Fox winning another Norris. I'm going to talk about Shesh Jorkin winning a Vezina. I agree. Um, I agree with that. And uh, that contract, that uh, that is a very well-deserved oh, contract. That contract, that contract is going to look pretty good in uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, we're definitely going to save some money there, I, I'd say. There's all these people saying Trouba's overpaid, Carter's overpaid. We're not going to have enough money. Okay. We can say oh. that Chris Drury stole this contract. Like, he, he honestly, like, $5 million for, for Shesterkin. If he oh, keeps yeah. playing the way he's playing, that's not going to be enough for him. No. Uh, and what is it, four years? Let me check. Yeah. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's a four-year deal. I wish it was a little longer. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I'm saying it before you will. Um, but 5.6 million is a steal for a goalie of, of Shestjorkin's caliber. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Look, Shestjorkin has, has stole a couple of wins for us. Fox has been playing out of his mind. And we are producing okay with our top six not being as dominant as they can be. But our bottom six, I'm really happy with our bottom six. Chris Drury gets a lot of flag for trading away Butchnevich, and I'm still not a fan of the trade, but Sammy Blay is a revelation. Um, he looks so good. He, Alexi he looks... Alexi Lafreniere enjoys playing with him. It's... Yeah, I think we. I think he found his, his line mate. Yeah. For, I mean, yeah. some people would sit, might say, like, okay, I don't agree. Like, he didn't play well last night. They, they kind of had a breakdown on the, the tying goal I saw. Yeah, it was, kind but, of, it was all over the place. But I mean, it happens. It happens. It happens. I mean, listen, Keandre Melo was on the ice for the last four goals against. Uh, it happens. Sometimes you have a bad stretch. It is what it is. I think Miller is definitely showing some more of his offensive side this year. I think he's skating a little bit well, uh, better in the offensive zone. I like the way what he's doing. Like once he leaves the zone, it's fine. It's just that he still gets pinned down in his own zone. Same with Truba. Um, but yeah, it'll get better. I mean, he's young and, and 
I'm not worried about that long term. Um, when people say Kreider and Truba are overpaid, uh, Kreider's not overpaid. Kreider has paid market value for what he brings. Mm-hmm. 6.5 million for a player putting up 50 plus points. That's market value. That's that's third line money or that's middle six money for a winger. It's fine. Yeah. Truba getting paid 8 million in hindsight looks bad, but in hindsight, everyone can be a Hall of Fame general manager. Let's let's be real here. Yeah, that's tr- yeah, yeah. When 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 Truba exactly. was signed, when Truba was signed, um when Truba was signed, Lindgren was still in college. Fox was, we just traded for Fox. He had not made an NHL debut yet. Uh, the only current defenseman that was on the team when Jacob Truba was signed is Libor Hayek. <laughs> and he had like played like only a handful of games before he got hurt. Yeah. Mind you, those handful of games, like he looked good. Like his first NHL game, Hayek scored a goal. And yeah, I mean, Adam, Adam Fox turned into a Norris Trophy winner, but seriously, nobody two years ago could have could have predicted him winning a Norris Trophy in a second year. Yeah, nobody. the talk was the talk was okay. We got all this young talent. Now we have to get an established defenseman. Yeah, and Trupo right. just so happened to be on the market because uh, Winnipeg couldn't afford to keep him because yeah. their cap troubles. So the Rangers decided to trade for him. But I'm going to tell you now, there's going to be contracts handed out over the next two years that, that are going to make Truba's contract look good. Seth Jones yeah, is one of them. Starting this look, you're starting to look, you're seeing it right now, actually. Like Seth yeah. Jones' contract. Um, who, Darnell Nurse just signed one too, right? Uh, let's see. I think so. Pretty pretty high price too, I believe. Uh, 9.25 million. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you rather have Jacob Truba or Darnell Nurse? Yeah, uh, Truba. Nurse has only had one. Last year was his best year, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, Truba's. I, I don't know. It. I cut. It's hard to say that he's reliable defensively because he breaks down so often. But like, he does a lot of the 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 small things that no one notices. Well, like. I, I just I'm I just don't think I don't think the Miller Truba pairing works. I need, I think they need to shake it up. A yeah, little bit. it look yeah to me. I think they I think something's gotta gotta change there. You need to try different combinations. Maybe tr- maybe actually try uh, try uh, Fox and and uh, and Miller, maybe. Yeah. And put Lindgren what happens. on Truba's uh, pairing. What do you think? Uh, last thing before we wrap it up. What do you think about Nils Lundqvist not getting in the lineup? the past couple of games i mean it's it's not the end of the world i mean right you know, yeah i agree it's his first season uh it's first year in north america um even if he's not playing he's still with the team he's still practicing with the team you know he's still he's still learning he's still developing um if he's going to be sitting at a press box for more than 10 games it becomes an issue but if you're going to sit him for a couple of games because you're you're playing a, a west coast trip you know, the first game in Seattle where you have Brendan Tanev in the lineup and then you go up against Vancouver and now you're going up against the Flames and the Oilers. Yeah, these road trips are tough, man. It's um, it's difficult enough for kids to to live out of hotels in New York because mm-hmm. of the whole bubble and, and shit. But living out of a hotel on a road trip, it's uh, it's not easy. So going with Tenorti there, I'm not a fan of Tenorti, but even though it wouldn't have been the decision I made, I can understand why why Galan's going with it. Um, and like I said, if he sits a couple of games, 
you're sitting in a press box, you're sitting, you're sitting high up, you get to, you get to look at the game from a different perspective. You can learn from that too, you know, and you know, the next morning you're still in the room with all the other players when they have the, 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 the post-game recap where they go over the tapes and everything. It's fine. Um, but if he is a healthy scratch for, for 10 games or more, then yeah, then, then send him down. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like re- I'm not really reading into it too much. I mean, yeah, it's kind of stinks that he's not in the lineup, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure like when he gets back in, he'll like, know. he'll have like a, maybe a little bit better understanding of like what he could do better to keep himself in the lineup yeah. so that. Yeah. And you know, if a player is overwhelmed, then send him to the AHL. But if he is, if he is just trying to catch up with, you know, the speed of the game, if you're trying to catch up with the little nuances of playing in the NHL, then just leave him. If he's overwhelmed, if he's uncomfortable, then, then send him down. But I don't think that's the case here. How's uh, Zach Jones looking in the AHL? I haven't been keeping up with that. Uh, good at moving the puck. Um, you know, the, the numbers don't really show how good he's been in Hartford. I think he's going to be a call-up somewhere in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how quickly they will do it. I mean, we're only 10 games in, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's still it's still early. Um, and I'm pretty sure there will be injuries on defense. Um, I I wonder if there's going to be a Lieber Hayek trade at some point. It's going to be like a ham sandwich that we're going to get in return. It's not going to be much, I don't think. But I saw that like there were some teams interested, which is I mean surprising for me. Man, I, I'm I'm not even look. I'm not even expecting anything, you know, like a, a fourth round pick like they got for Howden. Who, yeah. by the way, started last night as the first round, uh, the first line center in Vegas. I saw that. I saw that. And, and then was, apparently and 15, he lost 15 minutes into the game. Yeah, he lasted less than 20 minutes on the first line before he got bumped down. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah, and then and then and then you know, Ranger fans on Twitter were laughing about it, and Vegas Golden Knights fans were chiming in like, "You Ranger fans really don't like Howden, huh?" And like, no, we're just laughing at you guys playing on the first line. That's all. <laughs> I have nothing against Howden. He's just he's a first line. He's a first line center, just not on the NHL. Look, I'm going to an Iowa Wild game in March, and they play the Henderson Silver Knights. I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Howden's playing for the Henderson Silver Knights then. Wow, that's the minor league team for uh, yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our AHL team for the, for the Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, this that's just not yeah, such a debacle that the 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 original uh, McDonough trade and we always his, talk about this but his like bro- his brother plays well I don't know if he still does but last season his brother played in Sweden Quentin right yeah I, I think there that's where Brad Howden's going to end up in a couple of years he's just oh god it's like Oscar Lindbergh you know remember Oscar Lindbergh yeah great start to uh 15 16 or 16 17 yeah 15 16 I believe yeah, he had a great start that year. Yeah, yeah. I think he started with three goals in three games or something like that. Yeah, it was something incredible, crazy. And the Rangers yeah. got off to a hot start that year. Quinton Howden plays in Germany now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a prospect face. He's starting to look like the United Nations. Um, 
<laughs> All these little flags, it's uh, interesting. Look, uh, yeah, Brett Howden, it just didn't work out with the Rangers. And the same for Libra Hayek. It sucks, uh, but at some point you have to move on. Uh, yep. I, I think Zach Jones, in a couple of years, I think our defense, I still think our defense is going to be Lindgren Fox, Miller Lundqvist, Jones Schneider. Miller Fox, Lindgren Jones? No, no. Lindgren Fox, Miller Lundqvist, Jones, and Schneider. As okay, Karen. no Truba. No Truba. I think, Truba, I think Truba is going to be traded sooner or later because they do need the cap space. Like, yeah, how are they going to do? They're going to have to convince him to waive his no move. Is it a full? What is, what is that clause? So, like, he could veto yeah. any trade? He has a no move clause, a full no move clause until 2024. That means he could he could veto a trade, right? Yes. But it also means that in 2023, they can, you know, have a, have a chat with him and say, listen, we want to trade you. This is our situation with the cap. We really want to keep these, these players around. Your no-move loss is going to expire next year. You only have 12 teams you can block a trade to. If we trade you now, we let you decide where we trade you. Mm. And then you get to wait for a team that you agree with. Having a no-move clause that is not always about, about blocking a trade. It's sometimes it's about it's about steering a trade towards a certain team. Um, Gavrik waived his no-trade clause to go to Columbus. And a year later he won a cup with LA. Uh, the dark years where every Stanley Cup winner had a former Ranger on it. Whether it was yeah. Roosevelt or Haglin or Richard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Richards was like, we there's really no choice but to buy him out. Like the writing was on the wall there, even yeah. though he had a good season. But it, just the money, they, it was just they signed him three years or they signed him two years before the CBA was about to expire. So I'm I'm convinced that Glenn Sather signed him long term knowing full well that they would get compliance buyouts because of the law, because of the new negotiations. Mm. There was, there was no cap penalty because it was a compliance buyout. Right. It would be nice if we got one of those, like just to use on like Truba. That's it. Honestly, <laughs> Truba buyout doesn't look terrible. I just don't want more buy more cap penalties on this team. I just, I just want to get that all off the books. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes. I think I think Howden's going. To, oh, Howden, I think Truba's going to be traded in 2023. Um, yeah, it says on here on cap friendly. He's got no move clause uh, till 24. Yeah, and then it modifies to uh, the 15. Yeah, 24, 25 is a 15 team no trade list, and then 25, 26 is a 12 team no trade list. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So in 2023, he can still direct where he's going to get traded. In 2024, it might not be up to him because you can only block a trade to 15 teams, which mm-hmm. leaves you with 16 others that you cannot block a trade to. So interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, mm-hmm. But This is like assuming that Kako and Lafreniere developed the right way and that, you know, it's going to be a lot like a lot of money that we're going to ha- have to hand out to them. Look, if that's if Kako- when it would be a problem. Unless Kako really takes the league by storm this year in the remaining 70 games, he's not going to get a big raise. His contract's up next season. 
Yeah, or next exactly. summer after this season. Yep. Uh, and Lafreniere hasn't really been able to light it up either. So we we might get lucky with a couple of bridge deals, which could technically push us to 2024, where we don't even have to ask Truba to, to wave. But I think Schneider is uh, Schneider makes the decision to to trade Truba a little easier. I agree. We'll see. We'll see how how well Schneider uh, plays. Um, yeah. See how well he develops. He's in Hartford but, now. You know, we are, we have all these amazing defensive prospects that are coming through the ranks now. But what I'm excited for is the forward prospects we have at the moment. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of them that we use Brett with Berard, our Yeah, picks. Brett Gerard, Brennan Offman, Will Cooley, Ryder Korzak. Those are interesting prospects to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I think Ryder Korzak's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, he, he was, what was he, sixth, seventh rounder? No, he was a third round pick. Yeah, we got oh, he was, a, he was a third rounder. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was our, the first pick in the third round, we got uh, Jaden Group from the Red Deer Rebels. And then t- I think 10 or 15 picks later, we got Ryder Korzak. Mm-hmm. He played for the Moose Jaw Warriors, the same team that uh, Brett Howden played for. Um, also the same team that Braden Point played for. So, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And There you go. Ryder Korzak says that he models his game after Braden Point. That doesn't mean he's going to be as good as Braden Point, but that's the type of player he tries to be. Gotcha. He's, he's gonna, had a good start to the season. Um, but I think Brad Berard is uh, Brad Berard has already worked up his value to a first round pick, in my opinion. Really, Brad really Berard, first round pick, or maybe maybe like a really early second round pick. He he was a fifth round pick, but he is lit up like he is lit up every game he's played in uh, the World that's, Junior. That's good. World that's Junior, good. he played with um, Bobby Brink and who was the other guy on that team that he played with? Ah. Oh. I'm blanking on the name of the center now. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he's he, he's had a good a good development so far. And uh, Cooley, everyone saw what Cooley did in 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 prospect camp. Yeah, and he looked good. Exactly. Um, and yeah, then Brennan Othman. We have Baron and Payuniemi in Hartford. Yeah, I hope Payuniemi can can sharpen his game a little bit because oh. he's like the only one I see that shoots the puck. If there's one thing this team needs. Is a player that shoots the puck. Yeah, there's too many passers. Everyone wants to set each other up and not score the goal. They're too nice. It's like yeah. someone's got to take the shot. Exactly. It's like it's um, really annoying when you when you just pass it around and then eventually you pass it into the net. Like someone's got to take the shot. You telegraph Mika's advantage adds one timer the the entire power play. Stuff like that, you know. Just yeah, it's it's it's. Our power play has bigger issues than just overpassing. Our power play doesn't move, doesn't doesn't move a lot. It's not that right. Yeah, we don't move. It's just the, the stationary. If you see other other teams, look, Ovechkin sets up Cam on the top of the faceoff circle because it works for him. But mm-hmm. every other team, if you look at the most successful power plays in the league, they rotate. You know, they move around, and not just the, not just the, the players on the point. The, the the forwards down deep they move around too there needs to be more movement because it's very easy to defend and you're relying on elite passing plays 
to to make something happen on the power play. Right, all forcing the passes into the middle, and it's just it yeah. may or may not be there. The two power play goals were 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 came from transition. They weren't power plays that were set up in the zone. They came from transition plays. Yeah, off the rush. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot of work for Galan to do still, but I do like what I see from Galan. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, uh, as we're about to wrap this up, but like a uh, f- good start to the season. Definitely we're fortunate to have Igor in, in that. Definitely stole some games, a few yeah. games. Like if not for him, we, we would not be looking at the record we're looking at. We could possibly be another team that's – or the only team that's under 500 in the Metro, if not for Igor. Nah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we, we'd be the only team under 500 in the Metro if Georgiev is our goalie, yeah. Yeah, or, I mean... Or anyone. Yeah. yeah. You're, if anyone else is... If it's not Igor in, in that... Yeah. But Chesterkin has really proven his value over the last couple of weeks. Let's hope he, keep, he keeps it up. And yeah, let's the, hope- the players seem relaxed. The players seem happy. It's a good mix. You know, it feels like the locker room has a good vibe, unlike last season where so much went wrong. Yeah, and that's the thing that I appreciate. I like that. I like that everyone seems to be getting along and stuff. Yeah. We're starting to see a little bit more emotion and stuff from Fox and Lindgren, which I like. Mm-hmm. I, and, know, I and, felt like they were too quiet. The, having some players on the team who have previously won a cup is also uh, it's a good step. because Yeah, having Reeves on there is good. Is is nice because oh, no, no. he lightens the mood a lot. Reeves, Reeves hasn't won a cup. No, but okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. he went to the finals. Yeah, but uh, do you know before this season who the last Ranger was that had a Stanley Cup ring? Who the last Ranger was that had a cup ring? Oh, the last play- Stanley Cup, last Stanley Cup winner that played for the Rangers before the season. I feel like I know this. Hang on, hang on. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, yeah. It's a defenseman. Adam McQuaid? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Adam McQuaid. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, of course, you had Brad Richards, Ruslan Fedotenko, Martin St. Louis, Dan Boyle. But yeah, it's towards his team. Yeah. But uh, that was, those are towards his players. Under Ellen Vigneault, it was uh, after, 20, after 2015, it was, or after 2016. Yeah, Dan Boyle left in 2016. But Adam McQuaid was the last one in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And then we just got we got Goudreau, right? And who else is on our team that has won? That's it? Just Goudreau? Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay. That's right. That's right. That was the point of trading yeah. for him. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm hopeful the Rangers will get better. Picking up points when you don't play well is good um, because it gets you – out of a slump and get you over the hump. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they need to win some games. And the most important games to win this season are in the division because this division is like, like I said before, this division is brutal. You cannot right. allow, you cannot give up two points to a division rival. Without getting at least one yourself. Well, yeah. If, but, if you're going to lose a division game, at least get to overtime. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I'm, I'm really curious to, to see what's going to happen with this division moving forward. I, I know the chances of this happening are slim, 
But imagine if six teams out of his division finish in the top 16 of the league. That's that would be insane. That would be crazy. That's, that's gonna be that's that's gonna start some conversations. Yeah, I I think so for sure. So anyway, highly competitive. But yeah, anyways, thanks so much for uh, coming on and uh, talking about Fox and the the Blackhawks thing. I mean, Kravtsov too. Good talk. Yeah, it was it was fun and looking forward to doing it again. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.